Many of us make personal New Year's resolutions, but what happens when you make corporate resolutions and publish them for everyone to see? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers Podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and Chief Transformation Strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers Podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. A lot of us make New Year's resolutions, and generally they're personal New Year's resolutions. We don't necessarily make corporate New Year's resolutions, but I found somebody who did, and she's a remarkable advisor from out in California. Her name is Amy Evans, and she's the president of Calibri Insurance Services. For those of you who know California, she's out in Sherman Oaks. And Amy is unique in the fact that not only does she make business New Year's resolutions, but she's bold enough to actually publish them. And I thought that was kind of interesting, and being that it's the first of the year, but it'd be a fun time to talk to Amy about her resolutions for last year, how they worked out, what she's resolving for this year. And it's all stuff that all of us can learn from and things that we might want to try. So with that, Happy New Year, Amy. Happy New Year to you, David. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us. We appreciate it. Happy to be here. So resolutions and goals. I know in sales, we all talk about goals a lot. Distinction without a difference or is there a difference? Well, I would classify resolutions as broad intentions. And I think of goals as more measurable. So I would say that resolutions can have goals attached. They're all statements of intent. And for me, because I run my own agency and I don't have any employees, although I work with a fantastic general agency as my back office, I need to be accountable to someone. And so publishing my goals, intentions, resolutions for the year makes me accountable. And certainly that ended up in a podcast where now I absolutely have to answer for what I did for 2017 and put out what I intend to do for 2018. So I, I think that regardless of what you call them, if you're, if, if anyone in this industry is spending time thinking about what they want to accomplish and focus on, I think I'd call it, you can call it anything, as long as it's something that you know is going to improve your business and that you follow through on throughout the year. You know, it, it, yeah, posting something on a podcast is kind of like posting stuff on Facebook. It, it is there pretty much forever. So you have to be careful what you say. But as I looked over your list from 2017 that you published, and we'll talk about 2018 later on, but as I looked at your list for last year, I thought there's five things there. So that, that's nice. It's concise. And I, I kind of dove down and, and looked at the topics, and they're all things that all of us should be thinking about. 
So let's let's examine them a little bit. And then, as I said, when we get towards the end of our time together, we can chat a little bit about what you're resolving for, for 2018. But the first one, and this is especially important because you're out in California and there's a lot of really heavy-duty state stuff going down as well, is to become more involved in the legislative aspect of your industry. I think that's great advice for everybody. Why did you make the resolution a year ago and what's happened since? I knew after the election, so we're about a year away from that now in November of 2017, I knew in November 2016 that with the new administration, there would be some attempts to make more dramatic changes to our industry. The ACA was certainly a dramatic change to our industry, but the new administration obviously expressed interest in scrapping that and coming up with something new. And I was not at all involved legislatively at that time, 12 months ago. I My eyes crossed when I, when I thought about reading proposals for ACA revisions. I wasn't clear on the difference between House and Senate at the federal level or Senate and Assembly at the state level, but I knew that the National Association of Health Underwriters and the the California branch, the California Association of Health Underwriters, was very involved. And at the time, I was a member of the Los Angeles chapter, but I I was attending meetings and, and learning from the speakers. I wasn't really delving into policy and procedure. And I knew that I wanted to get involved so that I could understand better how these changes would would impact us. So in February of this year, I attended the Capitol Conference that NAHU hosts in Washington, D.C., and I went out on meetings with legislators, which was fascinating and gave me a good sense of the challenges that NAHU has to deal with and and the way that they support us in our industry to accomplish the things that help us to do our jobs better as agents and brokers. And then uh, mid-year, I went with Kahu to the Sacramento Day at the Capitol and did the same thing. And at about that time, the single payer bill in California was really picking up steam. It was proposed in the Senate and was being passed on to the assembly for vote. And that was a huge topic of conversation. And it was very impactful for me to understand how it would influence our industry and also to see that a lot of my fellow agents and brokers didn't really understand what would happen to our business if that bill were to pass, didn't understand the severity of it. So uh, once I learned more about the process, I also spent a lot of time on social media educating people and speaking at events about what SB 562, the single-payer bill, meant in California and what kind of impact it would have on our industry, which would in short, be to completely eliminate it in in the state. I've really enjoyed learning about the process and being able to share it with other people and understand how my NAHU dollars go to support what our industry needs in order to be successful. So the takeaway is that even though you found it daunting at the beginning and you were kind of a novice, it was easy to get involved and there were folks who could help. And now you've learned a whole bunch of stuff and you can go on stronger for 2018. 
Absolutely. And for sure, now I know where to focus my energies more in 2018. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I cannot imagine being in this industry and not being involved in some way at that level because it's it's so important to support what we do. The laws have such an impact on what we do and there's so much shifting going on there that I can't imagine not being involved. It was a great resolution. So the second one is, and this won't surprise anybody, but it was get even more involved with social media. Short answer, you know, how involved were you to start with uh, before you made the resolution? And then how do you amp it up? So when I started my agency in mid-2015, I came from a large national firm and went out on my own and I had no revenue and therefore no marketing budget. And I knew I needed to get the word out and establish a presence for myself and social media is free. And I think that's a that's an important point that is often overlooked. It does take time, but it's an absolutely free resource that allows me to be on par with anybody else in the industry in terms of how I show up in people's news feeds and the opinions that I express. And I was a very avid user of LinkedIn from the second year that LinkedIn was in existence. So when I started my agency, I built my social media presence on the existing contacts that I had on LinkedIn. But at the beginning of this year, I knew that I wanted to expand that and a Facebook business page was a logical next step for me. And I I really resisted Facebook on a personal level. I had been off of it for a few years personally, but Facebook won't allow person to have a business page without having a personal page. So I reluctantly jumped back in. I have found that in terms of interaction, Facebook is as much or more interactive than LinkedIn is. And I've really enjoyed it. It's a now a, a companion to what I do on LinkedIn. I have invested in an amazing tool called Buffer, which is similar to Hootsuite, if your audience is familiar with that. It's a social media management tool that allows me to post multiple, to schedule posts and to post in mul- multiple places using one tool. And that has been a wonderful time saver for me. So although I get a lot of feedback from people who say, you're on social media all the time. How do you have time to run your agency? The truth is Buffer really helps me to schedule posts and I can spend maybe an hour on a Sunday afternoon and get posts scheduled for the whole week on my Facebook business page and on my LinkedIn page. And that keeps me active and present without being too much of a time drain. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, These groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network 
so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. Yeah, there's, there's never enough time for all that stuff. The next piece is something that I think a lot of advisors have found, and it kind of goes with the fourth piece, but we'll take them separately, the, is to make compliance a top priority for your clients. What are you doing in that area? Is that something you talk with all clients about, only clients of a certain size? How do you determine how deep you get into it? Sure. I work primarily with groups up to 100 employees. So in California, that's the small group market. And most of my groups are family owned or closely held. And when I started my agency, I had grandiose ideas about all of the compliance tools I would provide to them, including pop plans and ERISA wrap documents. And what I discovered was that these clients, in general terms, were unaware of the requirements that they had to meet, were completely intimidated by them, and were sometimes confused and overwhelmed to the point that I felt like bringing them up was probably making the situation harder as opposed to making it better. So I've had to step carefully with the clients that I do talk with about compliance tools. I have a niche in staffing companies and they're a particular challenge because from a full-time equivalent employee standpoint, a lot of them are large group employers, but from a functional standpoint, a lot of them have small group contracts with carriers because their participation is so low. And they they have some really unique challenges and need more conversation about compliance than some of my other small groups do. I also find that a lot of compliance tools are not as sophisticated, particularly in the California market. I looked into a benefit notices generator that on the face of it seemed very easy to use because I just needed to plug in basic information about the client and it would generate the 20 plus notices that clients are required, employers are required to give to their employees on an annual basis. And unfortunately, the generator wasn't sophisticated enough to handle situations like multiple plan options, PPOs, HMOs, and Kaiser here in California, and we're a strong HMO market, or even exchanges, whether it's our Covered California Exchange, which is part of the the ACA exchange system, or California Choice, which is a private exchange that I'm very fond of. These notice generators just couldn't handle that many plan options. And it's it's been a bit of a frustration. I Working for a large firm and having access to a lot of these compliance tools that were provided for free for clients, it's been hard in the small group market to shift to being able to provide similar levels of compliance tools at the small group level. So I'm, I'm still... That, that one's still a challenge. I, I wouldn't say I can check that one off my list like some of the others for the year, but it's something that I'm still working on and I'm still looking for really good tools that can give my clients what they need. So another one of your resolutions for last year was to develop additional revenue streams. 
how'd that work out? I mean, let, let's level set with what you what your base business was before the resolutions, and then what do you what did you add? How did you go about doing that? Sure, my my base business is working with small employers to provide them with medical, dental, vision, life insurance, disability coverage for their employees, and that's a commission based revenue stream. Did some work in 2015 for a large group that wanted help finding a new broker. And this was a large group that would not have been a good fit for me because the level of sophistication they needed from their broker and the tools were beyond what I could provide. But I do have a strong knowledge of the broker market in Los Angeles. I've been in this business for 15 years. And they hired me as a consultant to help them write a request for proposal for broker services and then to vet the proposals and and the the brokers who wanted to participate. And that was a a lovely revenue stream because it was a one-time payment. It was fee-based and didn't require ongoing maintenance. And that is something that I would love to spend more time doing. Very hard to find appropriate clients in that field. First, because they don't know that that sort of consulting exists, but also it's a large group that needs to be ready to change brokers. And that doesn't happen every year, hopefully for them. And also they need to want to engage in that process objectively. And a lot of times still in this business, people select brokers, not necessarily based on objective skills and tools, but more on relationship. And so I've I've spent some time trying to figure out how to build that out. I think that the focus on generating revenue from fees rather than commissions is really important. We are really, really hamstrung in California uh, because the Department of Insurance doesn't allow us to charge fees. And in the small group market, we can't separate commissions from premium. And I think we need to have a legislative change there to allow us to be able to serve our clients in different ways. So that feeds back into resolution number one, and that that's a good thing. And then the, the last one of last year's resolutions was something that I think more of us need to pay attention to, and that was to formalize your mindfulness practice. I don't know that a lot of us actually have mindfulness practices to formalize. What was that all, what was that all about, and how does that help you? Sure. I, I'm a big believer in meditation. I have the Headspace app on my phone, which I absolutely adore. And it provides guided meditations anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes a day on particular topics. And I really feel when I do that in the morning that I have more clarity and am more calm and focused and centered during my day. My challenge with implementing that is that the mornings are also my most productive time mentally. So usually when I wake up, I've got an idea for a solution for a client or a marketing idea or an article I want to write. And I have a lot of time getting myself to sit down and take that 15 or 20 minutes a morning in the morning to be still. And then by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. (laughs) So it's, I know every morning it's what I should be doing. I don't always successfully make myself sit down and sit still to do it. And that's probably a pretty common entrepreneurial challenge. I'm excited about what I do for my clients and I'm excited about my industry and taking, making myself sit down for that 15 minutes in the morning can be hard. It is a challenge. There's no question about that. So 
Hey, we've got about three, four minutes left, and I'm looking through your 2018 resolutions for this year. And a lot of them mirror last year's, and, and, it, and they're you know the same topic, but it's getting deeper into legislative stuff and particular pieces of legislation and working on your book and whatnot. But the thing that actually caught my eye was shift your marketing away from industry and toward prospective clients and trusted advisors. We all get caught up in this generating content, and it's, it's important because it helps give you a presence and it helps you learn to tell your story. But what's your focus in that in that resolution? Sure. I, I love my industry. I love the people that I work with. I love being around other people who do what I do, sharing ideas and challenges and solutions. I could do that all day long. But And I say this with all love for all other agents and brokers out there. They don't bring me business because we're competitors. And I could easily spend a lot of time writing content for other agents and brokers and, and speaking at, at, at events on social media for agents and brokers, which I do. But I, I am very aware that I need to gear a large part of my marketing effort towards content for prospective clients and the trusted advisors who can refer me prospective clients. And you did a great podcast a couple months ago with Jeremiah DeMarais, who I really respect, and he has such brilliant marketing ideas, especially around LinkedIn. And he talked about uh, adding value and reciprocity, doing things for others and knowing that those things will eventually come around to benefit you. So I want to focus more on writing content that adds value for my prospective clients so that I can help them and attract them to hopefully becoming clients. Yeah. And there's nothing to say that the occasional post or piece of writing that's that's out and, and not client-focused is not a bad thing. But And Jeremiah is brilliant at, at doing this. And, and Jeremiah and I have known each other, as I said in the podcast, longer than either of us will admit in public. He looks so much younger than I do, though. It's really disturbing. But but his book is a great read, and I know I know you've taken some ideas from it. I have as well, and, and even in my practice. So that's really a great path to follow. Wrapping up, we, we like to ask our guests what they see the future looking like. And you can take that from a California perspective or a national perspective or just from your practice. What, what, is, what does it look like from where you're sitting? It looks really, really challenging. And I would love at the beginning of the year to have a beautiful rainbow and unicorn filled picture. But in California, we are going to deal with SB 562 rearing its ugly head again this month in January, because the assembly will revisit it. We'll still be dealing at the national level with Medicare for all. And we'll still likely be dealing with dramatic reductions in carrier commissions in the small group market. Uh, One of our major carriers just reduced commissions by 23% on new and existing business. And it's really hard to keep doing what I'm doing or more than what I'm currently doing for a lot less revenue. And I think we need to address that quickly so that we can keep all the knowledge and expertise available to the people, the individuals and the companies that need what we do to help them navigate this ever more complex insurance market a great place to leave our chat for today. And we hope you'll come back perhaps even before January 2019 to talk about those resolutions that we just talked through and let us know how you did on those. But 
we're pleased to have your perspective. And again, it, it, it's, it's an interesting exercise. I think it's something that everybody ought to consider. If you haven't written corporate resolutions yet for this year, it's not too late. Jot down some ideas and, and you can use Amy's as a suggestion. I think it's, you can hear that it's made a big difference in her practice and help direct her efforts in some ways that were really productive and important for her agency. Amy Evans, president of Calibri Insurance Services. Amy, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our audience. Thank you for having me and happy new year to everyone. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. Thank you.